listeners. Thank you for tuning into Art to Heart, where we delve into the creative minds of the artists in the Fort Wayne area. I'm your host, Mandy Kolkman. This podcast sheds light on the thoughts, feelings, and backgrounds of the artisans that bring pizzazz to Fort Wayne. Twice a month, discover tips on being your most creative self and hear about upcoming events in the art community. I have had the pleasure of working with Hope as a pianist at the Fort Wayne Ballet and most recently as the musical entertainment for the Fort Wayne Dance Collective's fundraiser Love Struck at the Botanical Gardens. I'm always impressed with her performances and I'm so excited to introduce her to you guys today. Hey. (laughs) Hello. Thanks for having me. No problem. I'm excited to get started. Hope, you sing, play, and write your own music, correct? Yeah. Do you consider yourself a singer-songwriter, or are there other words for what you do? Yeah, I guess I definitely consider myself a singer-songwriter, but in addition, I, I consider myself a composer because I, you know, I write a lot of songs by themselves, but then I write all the additional parts that are behind them. And then some, some works that I've done that I, a lot of times I don't perform them at my pop shows or anything like that, but some of the works that I've done kind of teeter between the styles of classical and pop. I would definitely consider myself also a composer. Have you always been a musician and a singer? I've been playing piano since I was about eight years old, so going on 20 years, because I'm going to be 28 here soon. I went to parochial schools, and we were always like in choir and stuff like that, and so I've been singing that way. It wasn't until I was 17 that I discovered that I could sing and play at the same time, because I started doing cover songs. I'm still finding my singing identity, I guess, because I I got my degree in piano, Mm -hmm. so I spent so much time focusing on on honing my piano skills, and so I'm, I'm still trying to come into my vocal identity, I guess. So, mm. You visited Thailand during high school. Did that experience influence you at all musically? Yes, I would say so. I've written one song that is in Thai, actually, and that is... Oh, that's really cool. <laughs> yeah. I, don't, I performed it one time live. I performed it at Buskerfest a few years ago, a couple mm-hmm. years ago, and uh, I don't know if people knew how to take it because it's in Thai, <laughs> but, um, and, it, and it has the like, traditional instrumentation of Thai music. In the future, I definitely want to incorporate a lot more Eastern sounds. But I haven't gotten there yet because a lot of the songs that are on my current on the album that I have out right now are songs that I wrote a long time ago, and that I was in a different place musically. And it's almost like I feel like uh, the influence that it did have on me is just now catching up with me. Mm-hmm. And so I want to start incorporating a lot more sounds that I heard there and from other parts of the world as well. So, so yes, it did influence me. Um, it didn't influence me directly when I got back. It's just now, like kind of kind of catching up with me. Do you think that's because you're older and now you kind of understand what it is you experienced? Yeah, or, I think yeah? so. Yeah, just trying to process what it was and what I, because I, I mean, my, my time in Thailand was like, I always say it was like the best and the worst time of my life. <laughs> and I have this love-hate relationship with it. So I'm, I'm sort of deciding what parts I liked and what parts I didn't like in a way and nothing against Thailand. So yeah, yeah, it's sort of like a, I'm in the processing phase and it's, that's, a, that's part of the process, in it. And, for, and I tend to process things really slowly, I'm finding out. So now it's catching up. You perform as the Hope Arthur Orchestra, and there are a whopping 25 of you at times. Did you put the group together? Do musicians contact you to be a part of your growing orchestra? Tell us a little bit about the group and how it came to be. Well, I've been writing songs since I was 17, once I just discovered I could play and sing at the same time. And then a few years ago, when I was still in school, there was a professor who said, if you orchestrate your songs, I was taking an orchestration course at the time, and he said, if you orchestrate your songs, then the IPFW will record an album for you for free. 
it started that way and I was just trying to get a group together and I, and I made my own orchestrations and everything and we were just rehearsing for the sake of recording but then I saw an advertisement for the Fort Wayne Fringe Festival and I was like well why don't we I mean we're putting all this work into it we should perform this stuff that's how we got our start and then it sort of took on a life of its own I honestly didn't see past the Fringe Festival of course, I wanted to perform those songs, but I didn't know what it was going to look like, and I had no plan. It was just like, let's do Fringe and just see how it goes, and then it just like turned into its own personality. And So yeah, I did put the group together. I, it's not like I, I didn't start this out being like, I'm going to start an orchestra, here's how I'm going to manage it, and there's going to be 30 people in it, and we're going to do this. It was more like I had this big burst of emotion, like I had all these songs, but I, I felt like there was still more to them, like because I was playing them solo. And it was frustrating to me because I, I felt like I, it was just me and my piano, which was fine, but I, there was more to it, and, mm -hmm. I, and I wanted people to understand how I was feeling. The initial fringe performance was just this big burst of emotion for me, but I didn't, it wasn't like a goal in my life to mm -hmm. start an orchestra. The Hope Arthur Orchestra has participated in some pretty neat gigs, including Fort Wayne Fringe Festival for the past three years, Busker Fest, an amazing collaboration with Fort Wayne Ballet, which I attended, and planning for your upcoming tour. Is there a particular performance or collaboration that really sticks out to you as a pinnacle point in your musical career? I would say definitely the performance with the Fort Wayne Ballet at Fort Wayne Ballet 2. That, that's part of how the, the orchestra sort of took on its own thing. Like I just, again, I, I just couldn't see past the Fringe Festival and then suddenly we're like, you know, there's dancers involved and all this stuff. And I, I want to tell you a story. A few years ago, I was hanging out with a musician friend of mine, and he played in a band with, like, bass and drums and guitar and things like that. And they play really upbeat music that's really accessible. And, and it's awesome. It's really awesome music. I love it. And he was saying, like, man, there's nothing like being on stage and seeing people dance and, like, getting the crowd involved and stuff. And at that time, I was still a solo musician. And I remember when he said that, I was happy for his experience, but I was sort of sad for my own because I was like, man, nobody ever... No one dances to my music. And I was like, it's not, I don't even know if it's danceable because it's so melancholy and I don't know. And then, and so then I always remembered that moment because then I finally got to experience what it's like for someone to dance to your music. And it's so, it's just totally different. And I feel like it, it challenges me as a musician. I feel like there's a marriage between music and dance. And it's a really beautiful thing to see how closely interconnected they are when you're performing with dancers because it's like to see the way someone's body reacts to a note is, it's just, I don't know, it's so uh, fulfilling, and, and I just feel like I'm really engaging with the universe when that's happening, and mm -hmm. I, I just, I don't know, I love it so much. So definitely Fort Wayne Ballet 2 was a pinnacle point in my career, because after that, once I started doing, like, larger production things, it was like, oh, I don't even, I don't know. I mean, I still do solo shows, and I love them, and I think there's obviously, like, lots of value to playing just music, but after that, it was like, man, it's like I got a taste of what it's like to do mm -hmm. productions, and after that, it was like, I just want to do productions all the time and, and work with tons of, t all types of people. Right, and it's funny, I am a dancer, so I'm on the opposite end, and... I know what I do really depends on the music. I am very influenced by the music that I hear, and I can't choreograph unless I like the music. Otherwise, mm -hmm. I'm like, nah, not this song. <laughs> and so I always admire musicians who have what it takes to inspire me. And I don't know, I mean, it's, a, it's really a two-way street. Maybe we inspire you to make you want to create a piece of music that is danceable. But on the other hand, for us, it's really cool that you can produce something that makes us want to move our bodies. Mm -hmm. Your latest album is titled Twice Two. Can you tell us a little bit about the title of the album and what that means to you? Before I came out with this album, I got really obsessed with Fyodor Dostoevsky, the author. He's a Russian author, and there's a book he has called Notes from the Underground. 
And it's this guy who, it's been a while since I read the book, but I, if I remember correctly, it's this guy who just lives in his, his apartment and he's like writing down all of his thoughts on life and his experiences. And he talks, he goes into some experiences and stuff. And there's this one part at the end of the book where he talks about the idea of twice two and does twice two have to be four or can twice two be 27, you know? And, and so it was sort of like twice two, the, the multiplication two times two is like the pursuit of beauty. And then what's the answer? Is it always a solid answer or is it something that wouldn't normally make sense that can also be something beautiful? So that, that always like really stuck with me. So I definitely, I, that's why I wanted to call it twice too. My, my interpretation of what beauty inter- is. That's great. Your interpretation of beauty. And what was your creative process like to create the album? Some of the songs had been written for a while that I, like I, there were some of that I had written immediately after I got back from Thailand. Cause it, when I was in Thailand, I started writing songs. It was like right before Thailand, I realized I could sing and play at the same time. And then when I was in Thailand, started writing songs and then came home. And then, so some of them I'd been playing forever. And then some of them I wrote specifically for the album. They were more recent songs. I, I don't know how to explain that. I mean, songs just sort of happen, I guess. I knew I wanted to do a collaborative piece. So I did a collaborative piece with Lindsay Ray. Her last name is now Porter. Lindsay Porter. Um, she was an in time spasm band. So we did a song together and... Actually, that song, it was, it's in a tango style, and that was inspired by, by the Fort Wayne Ballet because I, it was my first year working there, and you have to play tangos for fondue. Mm-hmm. And I was like, ooh, I've never played a tango before. And then I was like, I'm going to write a tango. So then I, I did. So, I mean, like, each song has a story like that where it came from. There's one called The Spider Song. I wrote that because I was sitting on my porch one day, and I saw a spider, and I love spiders. I don't like to collect spider things necessarily, like spider paraphernalia, but yeah. like I really, I just admire spiders a lot, mm-hmm. and I love when they make their webs, and I was like sitting on my porch watching this gigantic spider make a web, and I posted about it on Facebook, and there was another songwriter in town who was like, that sounds like a song material to me, and, and I was like, <laughs> okay, like, uh, challenge accepted, If like, I'm going to write one, and I was, I was hoping she'd write one too, she didn't, but I wrote one, and so that's how the spider song came along. There's a, the one called Boat Song that, honestly, that one came about because I had another song that was written and I didn't know how I was going to come out of it. So I was trying to think of a song to do. And so something about me, I, I, I do nude modeling and I was actually nude modeling while I wrote that song. I mean, you sit there in a pose, totally vulnerable in front of 15 people. And <laughs> <laughs> so I was, just, I'm thinking about this because I got to occupy my mind, right? right? And I was like thinking about this other song. I was like, how am I going to come out of that? What's going to come next on the album? Then I came up with Boat Song and I wrote the entire song while I was sitting there naked in front of all these people and that song is a lot about like journey and, and figuring out who you are and everything I really like that one your natural habitat things that happen around you seem to inspire you mm-hmm. do you have to write things down and do you save them in a file and when you feel like writing pick one of the items do you set aside time to create or if you're really inspired do you just have to start right then and there how does it work for you? It kind of depends. So sometimes I do get really inspired and then I have to, I just have to record immediately. When I was working on this album, I was really into writing out scores and I still do write out scores and I'm in a different place creatively than I was when I wrote that. And I definitely was writing out all my ideas. I didn't have a computer at the time and now I do. So it's easy to record, <laughs> um, but I still, I want to get back in the habit of doing scores. I've gotten out of that habit. And now that I have a computer, a lot of times, yeah, I'll just, I'll have to record immediately Sometimes I'll just be driving and I'll just get an idea in my head and I just have to keep singing it. And then, yeah, I usually try to at least record it. And then afterwards, if I recorded it, then I'll go back and I'll try to figure out what key it's in, what's the time signature, and then from there I'll write. It just kind of depends. And a lot of the songs on this album are heavily piano-influenced. Mm-hmm. So back then I was just start playing the piano and whatever happened happened. But lately my process hasn't been that way. 
What is the most difficult thing about what you do? The time commitment, I would say. It's really difficult to manage everything. I was just talking to a friend of mine about it because we were talking about dating and being a musician and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> like, because doing this is a 24-7 thing. I mean, it doesn't leave you when you're done practicing or when you're done creating. It's still in your mind somehow. And mm -hmm. I, I've talked to other musicians who have struggled with this, especially people who are dating people who are not musicians. Mm -hmm. And it's just, yeah, making sure you make time for people that you love and making sure they feel cared about. It's a lifestyle, I guess. Right. It's a lifestyle, and it's and so maybe for people who aren't in the lifestyle, it's really difficult to, to understand it, and then they can start feeling like your lifestyle is more important than them. Yeah. And so that's probably the biggest struggle, I would say, is making sure people feel cared about. I, I read this quote two days ago, and it was perfect. It was something, what, what did it say? Like being an artist, I don't remember if it was just about being a musician. It might have been just being about an artist in general, but it was saying you constantly have to heal your own wounds and make yourself vulnerable to others, express mm -hmm. that to others. And that couldn't be truer. So that's the hard part about it is because when you're making music, you're healing yourself and probably other forms of art too. I don't know because mm -hmm. I don't do other. I mean, I, I've dabbled in other forms of art, but this is my main one, right? So, mm -hmm. you know, a song is, is like you processing something that happened to you or something that you read about or whatever. And it's, it's a part of your process. So it's a byproduct of what your process is. So it's in a way healing you. And then you share it with somebody else. And the goal, I guess, is to do all this sharing with people. And for me, like when I'm writing music, it comes from a place of love. The place where I make music is the same place where I show people love. And so that's the really tricky part when people start feeling like the amount of time it takes to do that stuff is more important to you than the person themselves. Mm. Does that make sense? Yeah. So that's, yeah, I would say that's definitely the toughest part is making mm. sure everyone in your life knows that you love them. <laughs> Between creating and performing, do you have a preference? Lately, I've been more about performing, but honestly, you can't really get to the performance part unless you're creating in a way. But I mean, I guess I do different kinds of things. Like I play classical as well, so I can perform with that. I mean, there's there are there's definitely a creative process, but a lot of times with classical, you're playing someone else's piece, mm -hmm. so it's not the same type of creating as you do when you're doing your own work. Mm -hmm. But I've been trying, like I, I went through a period where I wasn't creating at all, and anything that I did publicly was stuff I'd created a while ago. Mm -hmm. And so to everyone else, it might be new, but to me, this it's like old news because it's <laughs> been in me for a while. So in my personal day-to-day -day life, I haven't been creating a lot, and I'm trying to get more into it. I can't say if I have a preference because both are really vital. I mean... I recently did a thing with a sculpture. I have this like eight-foot sculpture thing called Decor that I'm working on. Mm -hmm. And I remember there was a moment. We did it for the Fringe Festival this past mm -hmm. year. And there was a moment when in the midst of all of it, in the midst of us working on this sculpture and rehearsing the music for it, because we had dance, we danced, the orchestra members danced. <laughs> and then we had like a, we had a guy doing a projection with it. We had a beatboxer and then we had people interacting with the sculpture during the performance. And I just remember there was a moment while we were like preparing for this where it was like, man, I just, I love this. This is why I love doing this so much. And I guess that was during the creative process. But to me, they, got, they really go hand in hand, the performing and the creating. And it's, it's all like one big whirlwind of, I don't know, stuff. Like a cycle, create, yeah. perform, create, perform. Yeah, yeah. And, I, and it's all wonderful. I love all of it. What does music allow you to do that no other job or activity in the world could offer you? Human beings have emotions, right? And we can't see them. And I think the art form, the musical art form allows us, it's like another way of experiencing those emotions. It's invisible, you know, like music is invisible. You can't see it but you can hear it and you can feel it. And for me, it exists that way in my head. All of the emotions I go through, like I can feel them and I hear them in my head. I can put words to them or I can maybe try to draw it out. I'm not that talented of a drawer, but <laughs> do you know what I mean? But for me, it's a full body experience the same way that I walk around every day and I experience 
emotions and feelings. So it kind of, I guess it heightens that and you get to share it with people. I guess I kind of view music like, uh, I was talking to someone else about this the other day too, and I hope I don't sound crazy. Well, we, we, I got in a huge conversation with my friend about the moon and then we were talking about uh, crickets. And, you, you know, I've heard people, you know, describe nature as like nature's symphony. And you can go into the woods and you hear all these frogs or crickets. And I don't know what else hums at night or even during the day, like birds chirping, things like that. And they don't really question it. They don't question the, the like the vibrations they're producing with their bodies. Mm-hmm. But then when you just sit back and listen to it, it's, it's just the most beautiful thing. Or like, you know, waves crashing or the, you know, the sound of whales or something like that. Like they don't question it. They're just... Maybe they do. I don't know. I can't speak for crickets. I can't speak for <laughs> whales. Maybe they maybe they do think about these things. But just their their connection to nature and connection to the universe through vibration and and to me that it creates beautiful music. And so I feel like when creating music it's like that. It's like a way to to connect back with the universe the same way that other creatures do. Mhm. If there was a young musician, singer, performer, songwriter, composer that needed advice being their most creative and expressive self, what would you tell them? I would say don't be afraid of your ideas. That's probably the best advice that I could give. Everyone's walking around insecure, you know? <laughs> Everybody is insecure. I'm insecure. I'm sure you're insecure. Everyone is insecure. So just don't be afraid of your ideas because chances are someone is just as nervous as you are to share. And you might as well just do it because you're alive and we don't have that long to be here. So... I, I, take, I have to get over myself all the time, like over my own fears and things like that. Of like, oh my God, is someone going to think this? Or what? Is that a weird idea? Is that, I don't know, all stuff, like all this chatter in your head. And really at the end of it, it's just, just don't be afraid. And just, if you feel something, just go for it. And um, in addition to that, if also don't give up on playing shows. Don't give up on getting your music out there. And part of that, again, it has to do with the fear thing. If you're afraid of rejection, like it's going to happen. Honestly, not everyone's going to like you. Um, Or not even, maybe they just don't even realize they like you yet (laughs) or something. You know what I mean? Glass has full. Come on. So don't be afraid of your ideas and don't, don't give up and keep also learn as much as you can about your craft. I would say. That's a good one. Try to be the best that you can be at what you do. Where do you see yourself in five years? What are your goals and aspirations for yourself and or the group? The vision that I have for the group is that I really want to start like a production thing because we have like... I have the Hope Arthur Orchestra, sure, and we have the Hope Arthur Orchestra together, but a lot of people in the group, we're in like several groups together mm-hmm. outside of that, and, we, and we're all associated with each other. My dream is I would really love to see it become one big company. One of our members does costume design. One of our members is a playwright, and so he comes up with stories and things like that, and then, then I do music, and, another, and a bunch of us do music, and a lot of people in the Hope Arthur Orchestra are studying music, and they have their own stuff going on. It's like, I, I just would love to see us be like a larger thing and then all these projects like the orchestra and then like, just I would like to see different sub mm-hmm. things from this larger thing. So I want to have, I would love to build a costume shop. I would love to have a rehearsal space that mm-hmm. we could do all this stuff in. Very Thanks. cool. Well, we can be on the lookout for that yeah. hopefully in the yeah. next couple of years. For the listeners out there who have not had the pleasure of meeting you, what is the one thing you'd like them to know about you? I love eating and making pizza. Oh, yeah. Are you <laughs> I saw, think I saw you at Pepin Slice the other day. Yeah, I I made a surprise. I used a to surprise work there for 4 years uh, and then maybe I'll start working there again just off and on. Yeah. But I just love pizza so much. I like pizza too. <laughs> I used to think that Pint and Slice smelled in a good way, like chicken noodle soup. <laughs> Next time you go in, see if you think that it smells like chicken noodle soup. Okay. But uh-huh. 
in the best way because I love chicken noodle soup. Like a comforting, I, like yes, exactly. Kind of and I love pie and slice. It's probably one of my favorite pizza places in Fort Wayne. So, where can our listeners find your music? I have a website which is www.hopearthur.com. We have a Bandcamp page. It's linked to the website. Okay. We're on Facebook. I'm also on SoundCloud. I okay. think that's soundcloud.com backslash hyphen Hope Arthur or something. They're all linked, though. They should all be linked. And so. they're all linked on your website. They should well. be, yeah. Awesome. Great. Thank you so much, Hope, for being here today. And thank you to our listeners who tuned into Art to Heart. Today, we will close with an inspirational quote from Yoko Ono. If everybody thinks of something, then it will happen. Your mind is part of the universe. It is connected. You can use its energy. And that's a wrap. Thanks for tuning in, everybody.